Welcome to the Marketplace Missionaries Podcast. My name is Donnie Swanepoel. I'm here with my good friend Kai Jeans, and our special guest today is Taylor Stokes. Welcome and good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, thanks for coming on, Taylor. So yeah. just a little background, Taylor's in downline with us, um, well, not with us, with me, and um, that's how me and Taylor got to know each other, so really glad you're here. Taylor kind of helped the podcast get started, too, so shout out there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, Taylor runs a co-working space and has a podcast room, so that's where we recorded the the first unreleased episode of this podcast and kind of got our start. So, Taylor, thank you for coming. Thanks for helping us get going in the podcast. So, Thanks if you for would, inviting me. Yeah, just uh, get, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, well, my name's Taylor Stokes. Um, my childhood, all the... Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm from Fort Smith, Arkansas. I've got an older brother and two incredible parents. Um, loved Fort Smith. I don't know if I'd ever move back there. <laughs> it was a wonderful place to grow up. Um, went to college at UCA and got super involved there. Had some incredible friends that just continue to always inspire me in what I do and in life. And um, there I studied public relations and communications. I really wanted to be a doctor, but like biology wasn't my friend. <laughs> so um was great at talking though <laughs> so went more into that direction ended up at an ad agency um a marketing agency eric robin isaac for about six and a half years and then um from there went to uh and decided to start stoko so so what is stoko it's a great question <laughs> um it is a co-working space so about five years ago i was at a creative conference and it's the first time co-working was ever introduced to me it was um there there was a, a woman there who was a graphic designer for a co-working space called the wing which um isn't a company anymore but they were doing an incredible thing it was actually an all-female co-working space and just the whole idea of it, I loved. Uh, I had so many friends that worked uh, freelance or remotely, and I, you know, they, they were just lonely. It was a dark industry and a dark time, and whether they were believers or they were not, a lot of them were just struggling. And so I thought, how cool would it be to create a space, especially for the unbelievers, of um, that's filled with light and warmth and invite them in. And so to give people a little bit of a community that maybe looks like the church, but, you know, and is prayed over, but isn't necessarily the church. And so just to give people a place to go and work and dream and be themselves. And so started doing a lot of research on it, um, you know, putting together my business plan to maybe talk to some investors and then the pandemic happened, and I thought, well, this is never going to work. <laughs> um, little did I know that everyone would be working remotely for the next year and a half, and it was actually a great launching pad to start something like this, because more than ever, people were just needing to get out of their house, and they were needing people to be around, and, you know, we're, we're at work from 8 to 5 every day, and it's just a, a long time to be siloed. Um, so I ended up uh, meeting my primary investor, and he was just immediately on board. Of, I actually told somebody I really wanted to move. I wanted just to travel and go do something. And uh, the I, I told my friend Joe French, 
I said, the only thing I think that would keep me in Little Rock, Arkansas, is if I could start a co-working space. And about two weeks later, this guy called me and said, hey, I heard you're wanting to start this. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so we met, and it just went from there. About a year and a half later, uh, opened the doors. That is awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. Crazy. It's, it's, I mean, especially with the, with the, bring, yeah, that's what I was going to say, mm-hmm. bringing in just like the warmth and life to uh, unbelievers like it is needed like I, I mean I worked remote on my last year of college and mm-hmm. it I mean it, it was like I was just in my room a lot because I was like I'm always on meetings so yeah. I love SoCo I think it's great I love the environment like when we did our EL session there like it was very like welcoming and stuff so I appreciate what you did yeah. and then I also was a uh, pre-med guy and uh, <laughs> biology did not work for me yeah. <laughs> you know so I feel you there i same, same path. So. The funny thing is, after I, I, I was three days from graduation and the, the, from walking and the graduating, the auditing office called me and told me I was missing a biology course oh, in no. order to graduate. And so I walked and then had to go back to take an upper level biology course for my communications degree. <laughs> oh, crazy. I was a three years away from completing and I was like, yeah, that ain't for no. me. So. <laughs> Where did the, uh, did you always have a desire to be an entrepreneur or where did that desire and passion kick in? I've always loved to create things. Um, I don't know that I I necessarily set out to be an entrepreneur, but, um, you know, I, I really did love the marketing ad agency world. It was just, it was cool to work with a lot of different clients that were doing a lot of different things, which I still get to do now and that's fun, but, um, I don't know. I've, I've just, I've always loved to create and kind of do my own thing. So may, maybe, but I think this idea just came and I, I couldn't let it go. And so, I mean, it was, uh, even my dad was on board with it and <laughs> he's, you know, he was like, I don't understand it, but it sounds like a great idea. And I'm like, well, if you think so. <laughs> so yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. How do you, so being an entrepreneur, like you do own and run the business, how do you incorporate like the word and the gospel into your everyday life along with running the business? I think, it, I mean, it looks different every day, um, just kind of what the situation brings of, I mean, the, the word and the gospel in my own life, it's through my own studies and devotions and small groups and conversations with, you know, my accountability partners or, you know, my my main, my main gals, um, but as far as within Stoko, it, it depends on the person because some people there are believers and some people aren't, and so, you know, I'm able to have just different kinds of conversations of, uh, I think Stoko, it's so relationally driven that a lot of that, it, it comes up naturally, and I just kind of let the spirit lead of, of when it's appropriate and, you know, when I should just be there for somebody, so it, it looks different, but that's one of the great things I think Downline has taught me too. Of it's just if you're in the Word and you're knowledgeable, then you let God guide you through that, and you speak when um, you know you feel the Holy Spirit telling you to. Mm. That's good. So, uh, sounds like faith. You know, obviously, as an entrepreneur, is a is a huge component of what you do day in day out. Kind of walk us through your just your faith journey, like you know, growing up. What did that look like, and then. What did it look like transitioning into college and then post-college? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I, I grew up in the church. I was very, very thankful for that. Um, I, my parents, if they did anything, they did a lot of things, right? They're incredible people. But one of the best things they did is they just constantly had us there. And so uh, really the only people I keep up with from home, I knew through my church. And so we all went to different schools and, you know, we just, we, we've just stayed really close. And so I was always super involved. Um, I always loved to lead. And I think it was just that creation kind of thing of it was, uh, it, it was fun to be a part of. And then, uh, so I gave my life to Christ when I was a kid. I was about seven. My dad baptized me, which was really special. And it, I remember that moment as something being so real and mm-hmm. it just uh, um, full clarity, which they talk about the innocence of a child and how we should have that, that just childlike faith. And that's always what I think, too, just that vivid moment of nothing else mattered. Mm-hmm. It was just a, this makes sense. Um, and so obviously you learn a lot as you grow and mature and went to college. And all of a sudden I was making decisions for myself. And uh, my freshman year, I actually lost one of my very best friends to suicide. Mm-hmm. And that rocked my world. I was really angry. And for the first time, I had to figure out really what it meant to um, seek joy and find the light. Because it was, I was just always a very naturally happy, joyful person. And it was a, it was a gift. But um, all of a sudden, that was harder because I was angry because my friend was gone. And... Um, you know, it, that moment in Zane's life, it just continues to teach me of the, the light that God does bring. And, you know, in our darkest times, how to be there for people and, you know, how he just continues to reveal himself. And so um, that was a, a rough year, but it was a launching pad for sure. I think just for a passion of not only, you know, living a... Um, a happy life, but living something that's truly joyful, that brings people in, that, you know, you can truly check on people and, you know, be a part of those harder conversations. So um, from there, life just, I, I don't know, just continued to, to mature in my faith and COVID hit and that was another hard thing for everybody. But I think that was my, my own first little spout of depression. And how do you mm-hmm. handle that? Of I was siloed and I had never been in that position before. And so, um, God was really good just to continue to put amazing, incredible Christ-following people in my life to, to speak uh, a lot of truth and prayer and just continue to believe in me. So, yeah. Okay. Um, thinking about, sorry, this is on my mind. I just want to mention it to you, Donnie, yeah. and, and to you, Toby. But, you know, even reading what Paul sent to the Romans in chapter 1, he's like, I want to see you. And, like, you know, we asked the question, like, why do you want to see so? Like, why do you want to see somebody? Mm-hmm. And we got social media, text, calls now. Like, what, what's the difference? They had letters back there. But it's like, you know, you are siloed. And, like, without that skin to skin, in quotes, like, even if you don't touch someone, like, I mean, I feel like we're more connected now than we were an hour ago okay. texting on the phone. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so crucial. And I think even what you're saying with Stoko building that like church community like I think it's absolutely necessary that we get out and actually see each other and like spend quality time together to build relationships and then I mean just to like you're also saying Taylor like add in on the joy side like it 
relationships are where we find joy at. I think it's very counterintuitive in today's culture to say that, you know, it's really, yeah, I want the big house, the cars. I want some people, yeah, sure, on the side. But it's like, no, really, you want the people first and then the cars and the house on the side. And it's very culturally, like, backwards. Even for me, like, it's hard to wrap my head around just because that's how we grew up. People change everything. I mean, you have to, uh, really, a a community and a good community. It just it it changes your day. It changes you know your your life, how you interact with other people. Uh, We're we're just not meant to do life alone. You don't see it anywhere in scripture. You don't see it like in any like even in business of entrepreneurs and people you know that you study. They all have people. They'll never say I did this all on my own. You know, we all have. Yeah, that's a good point. And so the ministry of Downline has been a, a really good vehicle for you guys to connect relationally, but also within the community. And so how did you get connected with Downline? I actually went to college with James. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so James Vanfelt, he's been uh, invited me to be a part of it for a few years. One year I said yes, and then I ended up having to back out. Um, and then I uh, finally this year... Uh, it, one of, one of my best friends, her, her grandfather passed, um, and he is he started um, and owned Bugman, the pest control company in town. Yeah. And at his funeral, people were just, uh, he was a wonderful man. He went to Pleasant Valley uh, Church of Christ, and he just embodied Jesus, everything about him. You couldn't get through a conversation without him talking about Jesus, which is amazing to watch. But um, someone got up and spoke at his funeral that he was... Uh, the, the first day that he opened the business, you know, there's so many things that you needed to do and uh, take care of and be a part of and phone calls probably to make. I don't know. Um, never owned a pest control company. <laughs> but the, uh, he ended up taking the morning and driving over, hiking Pinnacle and just spending the time with God. Mm. And, you know, he, he continued to share that story throughout his life of, you know, his business was great, but his relationship with God was greater. And I think I was just super inspired by that. If I was starting this business, it was about to be an insane time. And, you know, what a probably the most awful but best time to do downline of it takes up a lot of time. But it's such a privilege to be able to spend four hours a week in community learning about God. And so I thought if there was a perfect time to do it, it would be this year, my first year in business. So you, you, you have a full plate, sounds like. Yeah. I do. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, going through downline, going through the scriptures, um, getting in great teachers and speakers, how do you define discipleship from a biblical standpoint? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I think discipleship can look a lot of different ways, but it's basically just taking someone along with you or going along with someone else and continuing to do life and um, learn and figure out what Christ has us here for, you know, of we're never, we never know it all. And so we always need to continue to seek mentorship and discipleship, but also we've had some life and, you know, God has taught us a lot of things. And so continue to bring someone along with us in the same way we want someone to bring us along. That's very good. Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, you know, a lot of people have this grand dream of owning their own business. What were some barriers or obstacles for you to becoming a a business owner? 
I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Every day I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and I think that's the biggest <laughs> obstacle. Um, we laugh about it, but it's so true. Of um, You know, I, I just was able to bring on my first person to, to help me run the front mm-hmm. desk. And the, this week has been her first week, and it's just been a, such a funny of – do you, do you, are you good with this? Do you think this is how we should do it? And she's like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I mean, there's just like every day there's something new to learn. Um, but it, it's really, I mean, it's such a business that's built on relationships. And so, you know, as long as you continue to, to love on people, they always have a lot of grace for me, which is, which is awesome. Um, but there's a lot of weaknesses I've discovered of just things I don't know about of, you know, I was a communications major. I wasn't a um, accounting major. <laughs> and so um, a lot of that, that was probably my, my largest fear that I was going to do something wrong with like taxes or, you know, some of those more uh, just tangible items. But the um, guy that I work with, my investor, he has a team of people that I get to use as a resource for you know, HR and accounting and just to be able to bounce ideas off of. And so where I thought I was going to have to do this by myself, I don't have to, which is amazing. But, but yeah, I don't know. There's different struggles every day. And there's, like, I was there until about 1030 last night. <laughs> but some days are really fun and we get to have, you know, different kind of events and parties and hang out with people. And so it's just a weird ebbs and flow. Yeah, yeah. I really commend that leadership style too. I think it really, um, it's kind of, it's what I hope to embody my people say about me on, on the other side, but that like, Hey, do you think this is how we should do it? Like actually including them in the decisions made, I think it's just such a great way to show like, like in the business world, at least like the love of Jesus, like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I want you to be heard. I want you to be seen like, yes, you work for me, but at the same time, like we're on the same team here. Yeah. Like the apostles work for Jesus, but on the same team. Like, they're, we're all on the same team, so I, I think that's just an awesome way. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. I don't think I've ever thought about it that way before, but you do see Jesus do that a lot of, like, well, what, what do y'all think? He knows the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, just allows people to, to figure things out. You mentioned some of the struggles, but what has been some of the, the joys or the wins that you have just experienced as, as an entrepreneur leading Stoker? Um, I have always really loved to just to dream and mm-hmm. come up with, you know, ideas of, I guess I have, I have really loved entrepreneurship for a long time. So I'm changing my answer from earlier. <laughs> um, when I was in high school, my, one of my best friends and I, we started a cupcake business. Nice. <laughs> um, they weren't great. <laughs> I think we made them from a box, <laughs> but, <laughs> but my grandma made us little business cards and it was cute. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's just the idea of this was in my head for so long. And so it's so cool. Even the people we have starting today, I mean, they get to come and it makes it so real. You know, watching people get connected. We've got, I've got one member, his name um, is LB. And he's just really embodied what a co-working space is about. If he's there and he makes connections and he goes to lunch with people and he's made friendships. And it's just been a really neat, uh, it's not just a place to work. But it is a place that, you know, people can go and just do life and your job, not just be your job. Mm -hmm. So um, it's 
the entire thing, I just, I always say it's, it's the, it's the business that just shouldn't have happened. And it did (laughs) of, it was the, the right place in the right time and a lot of hard work and a lot of tears, but God has been so good and faithful through it all. So where did this, the name Stoko come from (laughs) and then what does it mean? Um, (laughs) so originally I, we were looking at a lot of different names and, um, there was a word, uh, Smoko, which is a slang, I think it's New Zealand, um, but it is, uh, means a coffee, it used to mean a smoke break, people would take a smoke break from their job, and then it started meaning um, just to take a coffee break, and then, hey, let's get out of the office for a second, you know, um, let's go hang out somewhere else, so we're going to take a smoko, and I thought, I loved that idea of it, um, and I sent it to one of my best friends, and she thought, uh, and it was in a voice memo, and she thought I said Stoko, mm. and I just, I left that it was a made-up word, it didn't mean anything, and it was kind of like my last name, and so it wasn't named after me, but it was like a tribute, I think, I, my dad really loved that too, and so um, it just sounded cool, so there's not really a meaning or a why, but it was a fun, this is how it became I was really hoping you were going to say, yeah, I took my last name. <laughs> yeah, I really thought it was cool. going to, yeah. You know, Put a line above it. Or it's going to be like, you know, something Greek or Hebrew meaning something completely no, different. it was but. just a typo. <laughs> a typo. That's awesome. Yeah. I find that's even funnier. So. Yeah. That's great. So what is kind of your short-term as well as long-term visions as well as dreams for Stoko? I mean, I would love to watch it grow, and so it, which it has every month. It's 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 grown um, greatly, and so uh, I think as we're planning for the future, um, just what other locations, maybe other cities or other states, could this go to? Because it's just such a um, you can duplicate this model so easily. It doesn't take a lot. It just takes the right people, um, and so. That's really what I've been looking a lot at is what, where, and when of um, what's to come. And so uh, I don't know the timeline of that yet, but um, seeing, it's just that you see co-working spaces in a lot of other larger cities. They're everywhere in Nashville and Dallas and Denver, but the smaller cities like Little Rock, just they need more things like this so we've got a couple around town that are all doing different things and really great things and so I think we can duplicate this model or you know any of these models and take it somewhere else that's like Little Rock. So you mentioned earlier that you're working with investors Mm -hmm. that can can oftentimes sound like just challenging what has your experience been and the investors you're working with have they kind of served as mentors with, within this realm oh, of yeah. starting a business? Oh, yeah. Um, so the, the main guy, he is, um, he's just been incredible, of like really partnered with me through all of this. And so I, because again, I've never done this before. I've never started a business. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and so he's, you know, been so patient to answer all of my questions and be available and, you know, talk through as, especially as I'm now dreaming about growth of what that looks like. Um, and then Fidel, um, with Fidel & Co. of we're under the same, uh, we're like sister companies. So we have the same investors, parent company. And he's been phenomenal of, early on 
he sent me an email. He's like, hey, this is, these are the steps you need to do to get your tax ID. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need a tax ID. <laughs> and so, um, you know, people like that have just really, uh, um, they've done an incredible job at, at helping lead me of what, what to do and how to operate and, uh, you know, build the relationships you need to in business. Mm. I, I absolutely love business um, to no end. And I think it's because it, like even what you're describing now is exactly what Christian discipleship is. It's just business discipleship. And I think it opens up a lot of room. Like even in my sector of business, same thing. Like I have my mentors that help me. And it's like, I'm just going along in life with them saying, hey, you know, I just ran into this problem today. What do I do? Like kind of like, you know, how do I get a tax ID? You know, I think yeah. in our Christian walk is the same thing. Like, hey, what what do I do when someone brings a beer into the church? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> That's a random thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that was my thought. That was the only thing I could compare the tax ID to. But uh, <laughs> like, I think it's just so awesome to, like, even hear your story and, like, just see the overlays of, like, the Bible in discipleship yeah. in that. Like, even, not even, like, in a biblical context, but saying, hey, like, this is... This is what it's about, and I think it makes discipleship for Christians like more open. Mm-hmm. And I think it. I hope the audience hears like through that story, like, hey, you know, discipleship isn't this downline grind of like, hey, I need you here at five thirty. We're gonna hit the books for two hours straight. Like that's not what it is. It's mm-hmm. sending emails and text and calling and checking in and yeah. just living life. Yeah, I just just want to piggyback off of that as well. I love how you've created an environment for community, for relationships, for relationships, but then also kind of you as an entrepreneur and business owner entering that space and then building relationships with those individuals and then providing hope, light, and love to those who might be in need. And so that's an incredible example of, you know, doing discipleship as a lifestyle through through your business. And so... Um, what does that look like for you? I mean, day to day, do you get up at like 4 a.m. as an entrepreneur and then go to bed at like 1 a.m.? What does that look like day to day? Every day looks so different. Um, I, I I am a morning person way more than I am an evening person, and so I'm, I'll, I'll fall asleep. <laughs> and so I, I really love to get up early, and, you know, I, I try to be diligent with – my the order I do things in I'm not always great at it but you know I wake up and make my coffee and spend some time with Jesus and you know read read uh, my uh, devotional for the day or you know whatever study that I'm working through and then uh, I start sending emails and then I'll get ready and then I'll go into the office and so it just it, it looks different I think based on what that day needs like I was there late last night because I was setting up an office for a new person starting tomorrow um, and it was the only time I could get it done with the schedule. And so I really think with entrepreneurship or just anything that you're dreaming or going after, whether it's a business or a hobby or just any sort of passion of yours, you're going to make time for it. Mm. And so I spend, you know, it, it's the, the grind just looks different than it did when I was at um, an agency because it's everything that I want to be doing and some things that I don't want to be doing. <laughs> but those things that I don't want to be doing lead to the things that I do. Right. And so 
but I, I don't know. That's a, that's a hard question. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's just different all the time. There's new challenges every day. Uh, why, why downtown Little Rock? I mean, you have West Little Rock growing rapidly. You've got North Little Rock, you know, Saline County, that mm-hmm. area. Was there a strategic focus behind doing downtown Little Rock? It's a cool place to be. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of really easy places to walk to go eat lunch or to grab coffee or to meet with people. Um, but honestly, the the primary reason we chose that specific location was looking in that part of town or East Village the whole time. But that specific location, um, my investor owned the building. And so it was just a really easy, quick way in of this space is here. It's open. We can start on it now versus having to go through the um, the real estate game is a whole different game that I'm learning a lot about right now. But um, it was just a, it. I think that will that area will boom in the next ten years. But so, which building are you guys out of in downtown Little Rock? We are at six ten President Clinton, <laughs> um, next to the Museum of Discovery in Buenos Aires, uh, across from where the the Clover used to be on the off ramp, and I believe they're making that into a park which will be really great That's to neat. be able to walk out and see some green downtown. But yeah, we're right on the river. It's a great place to a great place to be. I do love where y'all's buildings at. It's like so it's, neat. Yeah. It's right there. I like that y'all are the first one. Like I'd never have problems parking there. That's great. Yeah, like <laughs> the parking's not a problem. I know downtown it's You like, should oh, leave a review. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll leave a review. The parking is great out there. Um, it's also in front of the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, even if you're a hunter, you know, swing by. Yeah. It is a really nice place, and and I like. I really love that it's at the end. You know, the coffee shop. I like Fidel and Co. too. Yeah. So it's Great good. Coffee. Shout out to Fidel. Shout out. So yeah. Um, as we wrap up this episode, Taylor, like your marketplace looks a lot different than mine or Donnie's. You know, being an entrepreneur, if you would just give us your one sentence definition like what is a marketplace missionary to you one sentence <laughs> okay okay not a restriction okay um short short, short uh paragraph <laughs> um i i think it's being available being um uh, listening to what's happening around you building relationships and just letting the spirit lead um the great thing about Jesus is he doesn't, we're not trying to force anything, you know, mm-hmm. if you let him do his thing and you continue to uh, fight for him and on his behalf and you just love people along the way and whatever that looks like for that relationship. That's awesome. Well, thank you again for kind of walking through us uh, episode one. We'll kind of pick it back up uh, here in a little bit and start with episode two and uh, just you know, hear more about your story and what does it look like as an entrepreneur. Awesome. Thank y'all.